Hey there, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm Victoria Walker, and I'm so glad that you're taking time out of your busy day to tune in. It means the world to me to have you here. Now, picture a huge ice cream sundae, complete with all the toppings and the cherry on top. That might be a good description of this episode with Pastor Jason Durant of Motion Church, formerly called Turning Point Church in Lexington. He's really going to give you something to seek your teeth into, so to speak. His words, wisdom, stories, analogies, practical applications, and tips regarding harnessing those toxic thoughts that you may be having, well, they are all pleasant, encouraging, and uplifting. You may want to listen again for a, quote, second helping. I know I've listened several times now myself. One of my favorite parts is actually toward the end when Pastor Jason shares affirmations that he tries to read over daily to set his heart and mind right for the day. Indeed, to set the tone for each day. And I would like to personally invite you to write your own affirmations. So to help you do this, I created a free PDF download to get you going with that task, especially if you don't know where to start. You'll find the link to the affirmations template in the show notes, as well as on my website at victoriadwalker.com. I hope to see you there. I am so excited to have you. It's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you better and to kind of pick your brain about, you know, what it's like in this 21st century to actually take thoughts captive. And for my listeners who may not know, um, Pastor Jason, he is the pastor of Turning Point Church in Lexington, Kentucky. And um, I think you're going to be delighted to hear um, his take on a few things here this uh, as, as we chat. So welcome, Jason. It's good to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to, to be with you and be with all of your listeners. Yeah, and be with Rico because here he goes. <laughs> he just escaped from my arms, and uh, but my listeners and my my they everyone knows about Rico, so I'm so sorry. We'll we'll see what we can do here. Um, so Jason, can you tell us just a little bit about how how it is that you came to um, Turning Point in Lexington, and and tell us a little bit about your family as well, please. Yeah, absolutely. So I've uh, been married, I think this June will be 18 years. We have three kids. They're uh, 16, uh, coming up on 14 and 12 years old. Um, had the privilege of being able to pastor uh, several areas around the Southeast. And uh, about, I guess, five or six years ago, uh, I was serving on an overseer board for uh, Turning Point Church and had come as a guest speaker. And while here, uh, the Lord really just spoke very clearly to me that uh, the best place that he wanted me to be uh, for the kingdom of God was going to be here. It was kind of a crazy scenario. It wasn't an, uh, an ask to be here uh, by anybody. And I was very content and happy uh, pastoring a church that I had started in North Carolina at the time. And so it was kind of an out of the blue uh, thing, but was was very clear. And um, so talked with my wife and and we prayed about it and, and ended up kind of all things aligned. We ended up coming here and uh, 
big picture uh, within a year ended up taking over as the the lead pastor and um, have loved it ever since. Well, that is wonderful. I have to say that if you've not heard Pastor Jason preach, he has what I think is just very gifted in connecting the dots between what it kind of means to be a Christian and then how to walk that out. And and so that's one of the reasons I invited, I wanted you to be on the show here today, Jason, is because I wanted, I wanted to kind of tap into your brain just a little bit and, uh, you know, for myself and then also for the listeners, because a big part of my ministry is helping mainly women, um, targeted to women, learn how to depend on God and take every thought captive. The practice of taking thoughts captive, it may sound easy, but I have found that it's, it's a little bit challenging. And also walking in a renewed mind, you know, it's such a privilege. We have the mind of Christ. What does that really mean? And so I thought, I'm going to ask Pastor Jason. I have some of these burning questions for him to see how he does it in his life. And that's kind of, I just threw a lot of stuff out there. But if you want to take any of that apart or unpack it on just what you do in your life to be mindfully aware of taking those thoughts captive and then how does, what do you do after you take it captive? What does it even mean to take it captive? If you could speak on that a little bit, it would be awesome. Well, uh, uh, Victoria, I think you're right on. It is such an an important uh, part of life. Your thought life is so core about how you experience life uh, in general. And so learning how, how to have a healthy thought life and even understanding the fact that uh, you aren't just held captive to your thoughts. Sometimes we we think that our thought life is just in control uh, instead of understanding that we can take our own thoughts captive and, and decide which ones we want to to marinate and meditate on and, and keep thinking and which ones we we don't. Which is a, is a a skill to develop and to learn. And as you really focus in on this idea of taking thoughts captive, uh, it's like an onion. You can you can peel back layer after layer after layer, uh, year after year, and new experiences open up new opportunities to to grow in your ability to have a healthy thought life. I remember uh, years ago um, there was a, a situation that happened, and and. Uh, tried to help someone that was had kind of made some poor decisions and end up uh, through that they were uh, pretty pretty rude and uh, that's kind of a nice way of saying it to me and I, I found myself carrying an offense against them and it was hard to think about anything else but the the break in that relationship and I remember talking with a mentor of mine and I said how can I how can I break free of this? Because I feel like the offense that I'm carrying with this person is dominating my thought life. And it's, it's inhibiting my ability to have vision, to think clearly on other things. And, and I remember he shared with me uh, that, that our brains actually at the base of our skull, kind of where our brains connect to our spine, there's a little 
little part of our brain that filters out information uh, that basically our senses experience way more than what we realize. You know, our eyes see everything, but we only notice some things. And that you have the ability based off of what you value, what's important to you, those types of things determines what sticks out. It's kind of like when you buy a new car, all of a sudden you're driving down the street and it seems like, I didn't know this many people owned this car. I I thought it was unique to me, but now it seems like everybody drives my car. I didn't ever noticed it before. And it's because all of a sudden that car is important. So you're going to see it and it's going to stick out uh, in, in your brain. And so in that conversation, it was a growth opportunity for me to realize, too, that I get to choose what is going to be my focal point, what I'm going to center in on. If I want to center in on an offense, then that's going to dominate Not everything, every conversation, every thought. It's going to remind me of that thing. Uh, but if I choose to aim my thoughts at something else that's lovely and praiseworthy and all of those things, it helps filter out um, and, and shape what the way I'm experiencing the world around us. Uh, there's a, there's a verse in Proverbs 4:23, uh, and it says that carefully guard your thoughts because they're the source of true life. Um, even that word around thoughts, it really is a word that communicates focus and understanding that if you can kind of decide where you're wanting to focus your attention, it can help filter out some of the unwanted uh, thoughts of life. This is so helpful. Let me ask you this, Jason, going back to the the example that you gave about carrying the offense. So you recognize that you were thinking about, about that situation and focusing on that. And then you made the conscious choice to say, no, I am not going to put my mind in that direction. My thoughts, I'm not going to focus on that anymore. And, but, but what did that mean? So every time you, you noticed, okay, I'm stewing over this. What exactly did you do at that moment? Or what do you remember even like, what was a thought that you would have said? Did you say, Lord, forgive me, I'm doing this? Or did you say, whoops, I'm not going there? Or doggone it, there I am again. I don't don't want to be there. How Was there some little something that you did to bridge that gap from going from that thought to a new thought? Well, I wish I could say every time it was just this holy moment of, uh, you know, I, you just catch yourself and, and transition over to something positive. Uh, but you, it takes time to shift your behavior. And uh, what I've found is that oftentimes uh, you can't just stop doing one thing. You have to start doing something else. That replacing a bad habit is way more effective than just trying to stop a bad habit. And so... For me, like it being whenever I would catch myself uh, drifting in and, you know, anytime those, you know, those types of situations happen, you're, you're role playing conversations, you're doing all the anytime you go those kind of directions, catching myself and going, no way, I've chosen something else to be my focus. 
It's not just that I've decided I didn't want to live my life thinking about this, but I've chosen something else to be my focus. So now what can I start thinking about in that area? And so not just knowing what to say no to, but the other half of it is knowing what to say yes to. So it's kind of like, you know, any habit, you know, you want to stop eating ice cream at 10 o'clock at night. It's kind of like, well, what else am I going to put in my refrigerator that I could go to instead of the ice cream? Are there going to be some baby carrots there waiting for me or, or what? Right. Well, thank you for sharing this example. Also, I, I still want to go just a teeny bit deeper if I can, because I'm, I'm extremely interested in how you navigated this. And what and I'm thinking of my own thought life and how, you know, sometimes I, I can be a what I call a striver instead of a thriver. And um, and so it's like, Lord, if I could just do it all on my own, if I could find that healing or that special thing, I would just do it. And but sometimes, you know, I can't do it on my own. I need God's influence in all of that. And I need his help in all of that. And and often I have found that what I really need is is some healing deep down in my in my heart. Maybe there have been roots that I have fostered or that have, you know, grown up there that um, really need to be dealt with. And sometimes I've noticed, or quite often I notice that my thought life is directly related to a deeper issue. And I, could you speak to that, like the connection between our thoughts and then maybe what's at root or maybe that's causing those thoughts? Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think that, you know, our thought life is that we've, we've been trained to think the way that we think, uh, which means there's a positive there. We can help train ourselves to think differently than mm -hmm. we currently do, but you know, if our thought lives consistently go in certain directions, we have to begin to assess how, what conditioned me to think that way. Is there, uh, you know, both healthy thought life and unhealthy? There's there's patterns that you have to recognize and go back and trace them down. Is it is it something a hurt that you're hanging on to? Is it uh, things that you saw modeled for you? Um, all of those different things and finding how do you kind of hit the reset button on that. You know, for me, I've found that, you know, if, if my own, if my own journey is the only thing I have, then I'm somewhat lost in being able to change and find a different path. But thankfully I have the word of God that, is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path and in and, and, and truth um, in in all situations. Uh, there's a verse in Hebrews that talks about the Word of God being living and active and how it penetrates and divides the soul and spirit, the joints and marrow, and it it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. And so there's times in that self-reflection of, identifying, man, I have a pattern. I have a habit of my thought life going this way. And then asking the Lord, God, show me why. Why is that going? And and God is faithful to be able to 
to speak in at, at the soul level where thoughts and emotions are, or at the spirit level where, you know, my spirit's connecting with him or, or even just, you know, maybe my thought life's going there just because of just habits uh, in my life of how I'm doing other things. There's sometimes there's just physical stuff that I'm doing. Uh, you know, I've found that sometimes people are going, man, I just can't stop thinking about this situation or that person. Well, sometimes they just can't stop thinking about that person because they keep following and reading every single post that they do on Facebook. <laughs> right. If you just muted that person or unfriended them or unfollowed them, that's just something in the physical that could just prevent a whole lot of problems that, um, and they don't even have to know you did it. <laughs> but but inviting the Lord into that process to help you be able to navigate. Is there something uh, in me that needs addressing? Is there something in my habits, the way I'm behaving, the way I'm doing stuff that needs to change? Because it's hard to have a different pattern and habit in your thought life if you just keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Yes, very good. That is so insightful. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna shift just a teeny bit and in, into another very similar um, situation. Let's say, you know, the Word of God tells us that we should not fear. Just using this as an example, why is it not enough if I just let's say I'm feeling afraid, and then all of a sudden I'm like, uh oh, I'm not supposed to be afraid. God says, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. Why is that not enough to make me feel unafraid? Do you understand my question? Because it's I, if the word of God tells me, don't fear, you're not to fear. But sometimes if I just tell myself, I'm not going to fear, I'm not going to fear, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid. When really I feel afraid, there's that cognitive dissonance. What is the missing, what's the missing link there in, in um, dealing with something like fear? We know we're not supposed to be afraid, but yet sometimes we feel afraid, maybe in our humanness or whatever. Um, how do we, how do we overcome fear? As Christians, how do we live a life that does not give way to fear? And this is a huge question, but if you want to kind of tackle it, that would be awesome. <laughs> I think it's a great question because sometimes we can treat ourselves in a way that if we were someone else, it would be rude and inconsiderate. And we just don't notice it when we do it to ourselves. And we just go, you know, stop being this way. <laughs> but if you, if, if you go up to someone and they're legitimately afraid of a situation and you just go, stop being afraid, it didn't change. <laughs> it didn't change, you know, some rabid dog is running at your, your daughter and you just go, stop being afraid. And then your daughter's kind of like, maybe you could just do something about the situation. That would help. Uh, That kind of thing. And so I think recognizing one, yeah, recognizing out fear isn't an emotion that I want to stay in um, is, is a positive thing. But also recognizing that God gave us all of the emotions. Sometimes we're we're supposed to have an emotion. Just there are certain ones we're not supposed to linger in. We're not supposed to stay there. Fear is a healthy thing in, in many regards. It keeps you from 
walking out in the middle of a street when cars are driving by. Uh, but it's when you stay in it too long that it because that it causes negative uh, effects. And so, uh, when you find yourself in fear, uh, you have to help navigate yourself. You can't just oh, you're not here anymore. Uh, you got to recognize where you are, but make a pathway to to get yourself out of that situation. And so. Yeah, maybe it's changing the situation or changing what is getting your attention or dealing with what is the root of of the fear, bringing other people into the equation as well. Sometimes we wrestle our thought life is so isolated to ourselves that we're afraid to even expose that to other people because we think, well, maybe we're the only one that thinks thoughts like these. Uh, and the crazy thing is that by and large, most people are, are thinking the same crazy thoughts. And so inviting some other people in to help you navigate your way out of it. But, you know, if I, if I was with someone that was afraid, I, I recognize that my actions, my behavior, my presence is going to be the biggest thing that helps. And so I think, you know, for me, by myself, just, okay, truth is going to be helpful, but also inviting God's presence. God, I recognize your presence here that changes things. And, you know, where do I want to be that's different than where I currently am? I don't want to live in fear. I have fear and I can't just speak it away. I can declare where I want to be. I can keep painting a picture where I want to be. And that changes my focus and helps me uh, begin to filter out some of the things that maybe are causing my fear, um, but also allows the, the Holy Spirit to begin to work. But sometimes we're trying to remove fear completely from our life. And maybe what we really need is just courage to be able to move forward in the face of fear. And, you know, that there is something there, but it, it doesn't... Uh, paralyze us. And I think that that's sometimes the thing is fear may come in in such a natural way, but we've allowed it to paralyze us from being able to move forward. That if we could just learn that fear may be natural in certain circumstances, but it doesn't have to dictate my decisions by and large, that I can still move forward. I can have courage. I can you know, still go through those things. And now with, with that, there's, you know, fear and all of those things, anxieties, there's a wide spectrum of why we experience that. Everything from a real circumstance of, you know, you lose your job, uh, a relational dynamic to, you know, sometimes we're we're going through situations. I remember there was a time frame where, um I was doing fasting and I was taking uh, a certain medication and all these different things. And I didn't realize that I had created kind of a a cocktail of things that uh, zapped my serotonin. And so all of a sudden I'm just finding myself like fighting depression every day. Mm hmm. And so some of that I just had to recognize, wait, I need to quit taking that pill with this pill and need to eat some food, you know? So, uh, 
and there's and then there's very real, you know, uh, you know, chemical imbalances that you know need to be addressed along the way. But that doesn't negate as well the power of the Holy Spirit and and, and the learning healthy practices to help uh, through the journey. So this interview only gets better. But before we continue, let's take a break from our sponsors. I'm thinking that most pastors have to have courage. And you talked just a second ago about depression. If you could in your life say that this has kind of been my nemesis in my profession or as a Christian, this has been, and it could be a mindset, it could be, you know, you know, one of these conditions or emotions, but this has been what's given me a little bit of go for my money here because it's been, it's been hard, but with God's help, I've overcome that. What would you choose for that? Or what would you say has been your, perhaps your biggest hurdle or obstacle in your, in your Christian walk? If, if it, kind of connects easily to what we're talking about. Yeah, I think that, you know, I, I, in addition to pastoring, I do some coaching for pastors. And one of the things that uh, I talk about in that is some of the, uh, the lids or the ceilings that, that prevent us from growing, you know, and even as a church, a, a church from being able to grow and, and one of the layers of that lid, I think that lid has a lot of layers to it, is um, the leader's thought life and even what they view as possible. And I know across the board, I know for me and in pastoring, but I know across the board and in all great things, most people think that uh, great leaders are very secure, uh, yet what I've learned over time being around a lot of different great leaders is that insecurity, you don't ever outgrow it. You can't ever out succeed insecurity. Uh, you just have to learn how to, to live with it and not let it be the major thing shaping your decisions. And so I think, uh, you know, insecurity around what you can do, obviously, all of us fall uh, prey from time to time to the comparison trap. And so you you look at someone else and you see what they're doing and watch their highlight reel and compare it to your real life and, and those types of things. And you can set yourself up for discouragement uh, in thinking, well, you know, I guess I'm not there. But just learning again that sometimes the limiters that we put on our life are just in our head. They're just, we've, we've created those. And uh, sometimes we, again, we think that insecurity is something only for the weak, but actually the, the strong have a lot of insecurities as well. And it's just learning how to identify them and not let them be the dominating thing in your life. Uh, choosing to understand who you are in Christ, mm -hmm. appreciating the way God made you is so important. I remember when I was younger, I'd fill out job resumes and uh, would just talk about how organized I was because I thought that for that job I needed to be organized. So I'd talk about how organized I was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I like to organize 
papers in stacks. <laughs> you know, I'm not, you know, I, I'm organized in systems and strategies, but in terms of what most people would call organization, that's not my strength. And I had to get to a place where I realized, wait a second, I don't need to try to project myself and get a role that, you know, I think is, I got to conform to that role. I need to understand who I am. And there's a tremendous amount of freedom that I've found in just going, here's, Here's how God's wired me to think, to work, to operate, to process information, to relate with other people. And I'm going to be okay with that. I'm going to understand there's weaknesses that come with that, but there's also strengths that come with it. And so I'm going to, I'm going to work through that and, and not be insecure about my weaknesses, but be okay uh, with it and, and relate with people with those as well. Very good. You spoke about appreciating how God made you. And that made me think that word appreciation, I always think of gratitude. And for me personally, gratitude was the mindset that really helped me about four years ago pivot out of, you know, a pretty a deep depression. You know, I was going through menopause and just different things in, in my life. My kids were growing up and leaving the nest and so many changes in my life. And um, and that, you know, that was the same friend who said, Victoria, we need to get to the bottom of your thought life. Go out and discover what it means to take your thoughts captive. Go out and discover what it means to walk as a Christian um, t- with a renewed mind. And, and so, um, but when I started really just examining what I'm grateful for. And I think nowadays there's there's a big push for gratitude. You see it everywhere. I, you know, there's so many groups on, say, on social media where you can do it's a gratitude group. And um, and I even named, you know, that's a portion of my ministry. Start with the grateful heart. Start because that's what I need to do in the morning. I want my mornings to be flavored with gratitude. And and indeed, I have so much to be grateful for. I don't want to go and, you know, get into that comparison trap. I don't want to fall into self-pity and, you know, oh, this is horrible and COVID-19 and oh, and oh, and um, not that I can't give myself a little measure to be human and just to kind of flake out with God and say, you know, pour out my heart to him because he is the complete complaint department and that's okay. He he can take it all. And and I I know like you said, emotions are really just emotions. And but we we you know I just don't want them to kind of control me. And and I realize that it's my thoughts that actually produce a lot of my emotions, a lot of what I'm feeling. Like I may be going down the road and all of a sudden I'm like, hey, what just happened? I'm suddenly I was happy as a lark and now I'm I'm feeling bummed. What was I thinking about? And and I've been training my mind to kind of reverse engineer a little bit to to get to the the actual thoughts that I was having. And then to even go further and get to the roots, especially if it's something that that continues, you know, that's perpetual. But gratitude it, it's like, man, just to be grateful, 
and just to say, Lord, thank you. We, I, I feel like sometimes I am the most blessed individual who walks the face of this earth because I have so much to be thankful for. And that really revs my engines. So I don't know if, if you have a, a mindset or something that's, that's really helped you along the way. Um, knowing our, like you said, also our identity in Christ and who he says we are, you know, that's enough to be grateful for. I mean, every little component, we can really learn to shift away from the shadows of toxic thinking and lies and, you know, find ourselves directly in, in God's path and his light and his truth. And for me, gratitude was this humongous discovery in my quest. And it, it was like, Wow, I don't, I don't want to go back to self pity anymore because there is no benefit to me, to the kingdom, to anybody else, anybody I love. If I'm just feeling sorry for myself, or for for even kind of silly things. Um, but what do you think about? Uh, do you, does any mindset come to mind, or the importance of? kind of, you know, we have our thoughts and we, we, we have our feelings, but then there's like that big warm coat that we can put on, or that's what I look at as the mindset. Like, I want this to flavor everything as I do my day. Do you have anything like that by chance or? Absolutely. Um, yeah. That, you know, has been pivotal for me. And, you know, like I had said earlier, a lot of times we have to address, we've created patterns and habits of thoughts if you think about it like a road, uh, you probably have habits of how you drive to work or drive to the grocery store, or drive wherever. And our thoughts are much the same. We have a trigger, then, then we just drive down that road again. Um, and if you don't want to drive down that road uh, because it's a negative, it's negative thinking, it's destructive, it's depressing, it's, it fills your life full of anxiety. Sometimes you have to do the hard work of paving a new one little by little. And and some of it's going, all right, I'm going to be grateful. And each day I'm going to start, I'm going (laughs) to get a little stretch of this road built by being grateful for what God's done yesterday or in my family or in my life or in my health or whatever, and begin creating a new direction um, in terms of your thought life. For me, I have um, uh, a Google Doc that I have uh, just called my daily declarations. And I've actually recorded myself reading these in sections in my voice memos on my phone. So if for some reason I'm like, I don't have time to look at this myself, I can just be in the car and I can hit play on my voice recording and just hear myself declaring these things over my life. And uh, there's different sections to it. I have uh, identity declarations, statements like Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. And when you start your day and just make that declaration, all of a sudden it it, it creates a focus. It creates a focal point for your day. All of a sudden things that don't line up with Jesus being first in your life and you existing to serve and glorify him, all of a sudden it's like, well, I already declared this, so I guess I shouldn't go that other route, you know? Uh, Even things I have, I love my wife. I will lay down my life to serve her. So I'm Mm -hmm. declaring that. So, you know, maybe something's going to happen that day that 
I want to be selfish in a situation where I'm going, well, I already told, I already declared over my life. I was going to lay down my life for my wife. So, you know, it, it, reading those and stating those, I love people and I believe the best about others. I'm disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. And so I have identity declarations that I will read and, and state. Uh, and even missional declarations. So um, I, I went through an exercise and, and that mentor that I mentioned earlier, it kind of guided me in this direction. It was so helpful. Um, I wrote down and spent really my wife and I spent a weekend. We, we got an Airbnb and we spent a weekend just working through creating each of for ourselves this kind of document. And one of it was writing down kind of what do we feel like God's deposited in our heart for us to do in our lifetime? Like what kind of people, what kind of things do we feel like he's putting us to do? And then to write it out as if it happened. And so I have that written down, you know, things that I I will do in my life, things, whether they're accomplishments or just, you know, things I'll could say of the way that I parented or the way that I pastored. Um, and then here's the challenging part is, uh, take that, that big picture. And then I write down, um, a section where I translate all of that to by the end of this next year, I will have done this. (laughs) And so then it really gets real, real because now I'm taking something that's kind of often dream world and I'm going, okay, what of that am I going to see happen in the next year? And I write it out as if it's already happened. You know, and and I can read that. I have a section that's just pictorial values. So it's just pictures of things that are important to me. So sometimes I can look at those things and it reminds me, okay, that's where I'm going. That's who I am. This is these are those types of things. And then just a section of verses that declare uh, truth over uh, my life. Things like the the fruit of the Holy Spirit and uh, just statements or scriptures about identity. And so this is a document that I can go to and start my day, either with all of it or a little portion of it, or I can listen to myself reading some of it. Uh, and it really just helps me all of a sudden decide, you know, a vision. The Bible says without vision, people perish. Or another translation would say without it, people cast off restraint. and uh, a lot of times we think of restraint as something we don't want, but really restraint allows us to uh, be focused because we're deciding what we don't want and what we do want. And with our thought life, the restraint is, hey, I'm putting on positive thinking. I'm putting on healthy, godly thinking. And then I'm that's going to protect me from all of the rest. And so I got to have a vision for who I am and where I'm going and that has really empowered me and set me free in so many ways. And, you know, when I, just to be real, when I find that I haven't done, haven't read those daily declarations in quite some time, I can, I can tell, I can Mm. tell it in my thought life, in my mood, uh, in my decision-making, all of that. And I'll go, wait a second. I can see this as becoming an issue. I can go back, try to develop that habit again of of declaring those things daily. This is a wonderful, meaningful 
practical tip. This is the kind of stuff I'm talking about, which is why I love to hear you preach and your messages because I right now I'm I'm just feeling it well up within me like okay, because I've done sort of what you're talking about. I have, you know, like a mission and um my, you know, maybe identity and just so much of what what you've said, but I often I don't necessarily do it every day. Um, but I definitely feel better when I, when I am paying attention to those items and rehearsing those every day and reminding myself of, of those, of those truths. So that's a, I hope that the listeners will say, you know what, that hadn't occurred to me. I'm going to dig into this a little bit deeper and begin to, to articulate some of these, uh, declarations that I can make over over myself and kind of set the tone for my for my day. My last question as we're nearing the end here, and I think I could just keep going and going here, but I wonder what you would say to a listener who feels all alone or lonely. What would you, how would you encourage that individual who just says, you know what, I'm, I'm all by myself here. I'm, I just feel alone and lonely. How would you help them? I think there would be two, two different types of things I would want to say to you. One, um, you aren't alone and uh, you may feel alone, but there are, uh, there's definitely uh God that's not just in heaven, but promised to be close and to be a comforter and a counselor to you. And and you can lean into the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. And that is, is an absolute truth, no matter where you are. And so uh, understanding that that, that is a, a truth to, to step into. And so that, I think, is one thought. I think the other one is just on the other side of are you making decisions that put yourself by yourself as well? Um, and sometimes I remember, I remember years ago, uh, someone came up to me and they wanted me to pray for, they were having um, an issue. I think it was like a blood pressure issue or something like that. And they asked me to pray for them to be healed of that. And when I started to pray for them, I, I felt like the Holy Spirit was just kind of directing me to talk to them about their diet. And the person was like, I don't want you to talk to me about my diet. I just want you to pray <laughs> that I'll be healed. And, uh, and, I, and so I think when it comes to loneliness and isolation, I think there is an aspect of learning to recognize the, that we aren't alone, that the Lord is with us. I think there is the other aspect that uh, is the diet question and going, am I putting myself around a healthy relationships? You're going to, life is move, life moves at the speed of relationships. And so, you know, maybe you, you don't have to be an extroverted person to have people in your life. Uh, the ir- irony is uh, I'm a pastor and I, I speak to when, when we, uh, have services. I speak to hundreds of people at one time, but I'm a, I'm more of an introverted personality. I get charged up by myself. Um, and sometimes I need my wife to, I had to tell her at one point, I'm like, I actually enjoy having people over. I'm just going to never be the one to invite them over. 
It's, uh, but I want you to have free reign to, to do all the inviting you want and uh, just make sure I have some time to, to be alone during the week to, to recharge. And so, uh, you know, just recognizing as maybe an introvert as well, if any listeners are there, that uh, maybe you need a, a friend or someone you can empower to go, hey, I'm not going to invite you. But please invite me once a week <laughs> into exactly. a conversation or to uh, a lunch or a dinner or to your house or whatever it is and uh, and have some healthy relationships. What a hopeful response, because what I heard was that God is here for us, no matter what the issue is, whether it's loneliness or fear. He is right here. and but. Right. Second behind that is that we also have some responsibility in our journey to, to say, you know what, I need to, I need to put another paver or another stone in that road that I'm building. I need to, I need to keep advancing. So we're not just quite quote off the hook. We partner, um, we, we work with God just alongside him. And it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's an, it, it's, you know, it's a great way to look at um, that there is possibility for change. With God, I can scale a wall, he says. And so there's possibility to change. It's with him, but I do have some responsibility in that. So um, that's a great way to, I think, to to end our little chat here, Jason. Thank you so much. This was basically an unedited conversation with Jason. Now, I hope that you feel empowered to take your thoughts captive and to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, please check out the show notes for more information about Motion Church in Lexington. It was formerly called Turning Point. And on behalf of Pastor Jason, he would be delighted if you would attend their services either online or in person. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your admonishment to take every thought captive. Teach us what it means to walk out our days with a renewed mind. Help us to pivot to praise and gratitude, especially when we're feeling anxious, fearful, alone, and lonely. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for tuning in, and I'll meet you the same place, same time next week, okay? And until then, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Chao.